You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, do you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now please, get off this planet while you still have a choice. Hey everyone, happy holidays and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right folks, the ninth episode is here. One more to go for new Doctor Who. It takes you away. Where does it take you? Why does it take you? And does do you really care if it takes you? That's the big question of tonight's episode. We are going to be talking all about the newest episode of Doctor Who, and we got a lot of folks in here to talk all about it. But remember, folks, if you haven't seen this episode yet, please, we'll put us on pause. We'll sit here and wait, and we will because we will be spoiling the hell out of this episode. How exciting! <laughs> Spoilers. Okay, you've been warned. All right, we've got a great crew to talk all about it. We have a couple of guests with us tonight. Let's welcome our guest first for the first time on the show tonight. Let's welcome Anthony. Welcome, Anthony. Hi, thanks. Tell us a little bit about yourself since this is your first time on Earth Station Who. Yeah, uh, so I am a blogger with the uh, Story Geeks guys. Uh, so you can check us out at the, the storygeeks.com. Um, and uh, I actually have a, another podcast that we do uh, called The Story Cauldron, which is uh, kind of similar. If you're familiar with the Story Geeks, uh, we're, we, we do kind of the same sort of thing, looking uh, at the, the background and, and trying to explore deeper into the, the kind of geeky stories that we love uh, from... Eh, well, we try to run the gamut, actually. But uh, when Jay was uh, asked to talk a little bit about Doctor Who, he said, you know, I really don't have much to say, but I know a guy who does. And so that's that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm, exactly. Heath basically threw you in the fire. Yeah. So we'll see uh, what kind of uh, sacrifice he's thrown me into here. Oh, wait till you find out. <laughs> there's, well, the, there's, the story podcasts that you're on are, are pretty good. I definitely recommend them. Um, I think the last one I heard you were on with the story geeks was, do you guys, you covered Spider-Man? Is that right? Um, Let's see. The last one that I was on with them was on uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, I haven't heard that one because I haven't seen that movie yet. But yeah. <clears throat> um, but I think, were you on the Spider-Man one? I don't think I was. Maybe that was oh, okay. Garrett. Um, I'm not sure. I've done some Jurassic Park, Jurassic World yes. episodes. Yes, then. I've heard those. Those yeah. are yeah, so. yeah. It's fun. Yeah, those are good guys. Yeah, they know how to mm-hmm. ask uh, questions that make you sit down to have to think about them. So yes, yeah, it's yeah. always fun. Great guys, but once again, they don't know much about Doctor Who. <laughs> well, we'll forgive them for that, I suppose. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, 
Well, welcome aboard, Anthony. We're glad to have you here and, you know, hope you survive the experience, as we like to say. So do I. <laughs> and returning to us, of course, Mr. Kirby Bartlett Sloan. Welcome. Sir. Hello. How are you, Kirby? We're used to having you not on Doctor Who all that much anymore, but more <laughs> for the book club on the Earth Station One podcast. Right. Hey, it's, it's great to uh, do this now because uh, on the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast, we wait a full week after uh, each new story. And so I want to talk about it earlier than that. Exactly. I'm sure you're chomping at the bit. So you'll get your chance tonight. We also have, of course, our regulars with us. Welcome back, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you, my friend? I am just fine. I'm all rested up after my uh, week break, I, uh, week-long break. I, I appreciate uh, um, uh, Nicole's attempt to uh, to replace me by uh, saying howdy. She even wore a straw hat in your honor, dude. <laughs> she did. Uh, I, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. So, no, I, I, I did listen up, so I'm all caught up as to... Uh, to how you guys uh, were uh, uh, dealing with last week's episode. So this should be really interesting to see um, how that uh, plays out with this week too, because I think a lot of the same uh, things that were issues that we've talked about before, as well as last week are going to pop up on this episode as well. Agreed. Agreed. And it's going to be very interesting to get everyone's take on it. But of course we have also joining us the lovely Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is great to be here. How's things going in wonderful FLA? <laughs> things have been very rainy, but we finally got some sun today, so things are looking up. I know. You actually thought you were moving to Seattle instead of Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was getting a little ridiculous there, but today was actually nice. We're very glad to have everyone back for this episode. Please, you know, we will definitely want to hear from you. So please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you guys thought of this one. Did you guys think, you know, the, the bad guy was good? Was it really even a bad guy in this episode? You know, what are your, you know, what were your thoughts? We definitely want to hear from you. Please write us. We also, you know, of course, we got a piece of email and we will read it at the end of the show, but you can also, be involved too. Like we said, write us at the email address, or of course you could also call us at 404-963-9057 and we will play your message up on the air. You know, definitely love hearing what people think about Dr. Who. So it's definitely a plus. All right, let's get started with this week's episode. This time we went to Norway and of course in present time. So no Vikings folks. Sorry. But you had a lot of Aww. sheep. They were planning their revolution, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. Watch out for the sheep. Yes. <laughs> Makes me really suspicious of wool from now on. <laughs> you know, it was an interesting episode. It was a lot different than what I was expecting. And once again, a very forgettable villain for this episode. And I'm finding that becoming a thing here on Earth Station whose reviews, you know, that we're finding it that way. Uh, are you considering Ribbons to be the villain or uh, the Solitract? That's a good question. What about, what do you guys think? Well, it's obviously the Flesh Moths. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was, I don't think there actually was a villain in this episode, except, I mean, maybe our fear of, of losing things and not being able to deal with that. But mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't think Ribbons was much of a villain. In fact, I think he was the weak point 
And that, that whole middle section kind of felt out of place to me. If we're talking about characters who did things that were, <laughs> for lack of a better word, evil, I'd say the dad wins the day for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, mean, I agree. Actually, I mean, that was actually kind of disturbing how he's just left with the daughter at the end. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Sets up, sets up speakers to create a fake monster so she won't leave the house. Who does that? Let's like, torture oh. the blind kid. Come on. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's fine. There's food in the freezer. Yeah, I'm going to board up all the windows and then the whole house so my blind daughter doesn't escape like, while I'm gone with my wife. That's what you want to do. That's what you do with a, a cat that you don't really like very much. You just, <laughs> you know, you like throw some food down on the floor and say, ah, she'll be fine for the weekend. But this is your daughter, dude. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's what I, you do with most teenagers. Come on, you know? I agree. I thought that that, uh, yeah, that guy was a pretty much waste of flesh. I want to know where he gets those nice weatherproof speakers. <laughs> yeah, especially in Norway. Ikea! <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That's Swedish, isn't it? Yes. I th- and I, th- you know, it was really sad because that is a gorgeous house. And, you know, I wouldn't mind living in that house. It was beautiful. The view of the lake and you had the woods and, you know, it was just, it was sad that she was there by herself living in fear because of her father. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, he- not a, it's not a lake. It's a fjord. Yeah. Right. Oh, excuse me. That's right. A fjord. And for it. Well, that he he was deliberately manipulating and controlling her through fear, which is a horrible that that's not a good parenting tactic. Everybody, that's not father of the year material, folks. No. Yeah, I was waiting for them to make it seem like the the soul attract was influencing him to do that or something, but they never did. They just kind of left it. Uh, yeah, he's he just no, that's just him. He's just a pretty crappy dad. And then, then I leave afterwards. Okay, have fun with that. Yeah. You know, like, right. always, now we'll just go back to where there's Wi-Fi and everything will be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll well, be able to have friends again, right. you know. It's that like, doesn't make everything better. No, because he'll meet another woman and he'll dump her again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Those police cars are coming for you. They're going to arrest you, you know. <laughs> like, live in this closet where you're hiding. You know, it's just like, What? I th- I thought that this episode was actually a, a really good idea wrapped in a really, really bad idea because the, the first like 10 or 15 minutes, I was into it. I was excited. It was creepy. Uh, we, you know, when they're at the house and you like, before you realize, like, as I think it was pretty much as soon as the speakers, um, as soon as uh, it got to the speakers, I thought that that's when I kind of lost it. Uh, because I thought, man, this 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 is going to be really exciting. It felt like a. Uh, I'll, I'll give a, a shout out to to Daryl at the Story Geeks. It, it sounded the. It felt like the uh, like a quiet place. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I did kind of think that they that was an influence early on in this episode. Yeah, but then somewhere like twenty thirty minutes into it, it, it just completely switches, and now it's this. Hey, let's talk to Goofy Godfrog thing. Uh, which is, you know, I, I like that too, but for totally different reasons. They're like two totally different episodes 
smushed together and it didn't i don't know it was pickles well it even had a little bit of stranger things in it oh yeah oh yeah yeah because it was the upside down completely yes yeah good call and it was just like oh man what are what aren't they leaving out they had you know going through the mirror they had the upside down and then they had a talking frog Yeah, the when before I got a chance to watch this episode, I accidentally saw someone post online and they just had one word to describe it that it was bonkers. <laughs> and I so I went in going, okay, this is going to be an odd one and it is bonkers, but bonkers kind of to me is a, like a compliment. Like and I don't know that I would give this episode like it's not bonkers in a good way. Let's put it that way. Um, it is kind of a mess as far as um, just all these elements that, you know, just just don't make a lot of sense. And there's no payoff. Um, there's characters introduced. There's things introduced um, that just go away, you know, like ribbons or the moths or whatever. Um, and it just, man, um, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish with this episode at all. Like, it just seems to like not have a uh like a point to it really do you think i like i like the first and second act i mean the first and third acts even even with the frog i can live with the frog (laughs) because i think the first and and third acts are are suffused with with grief and i mean i i kind of understand where they're coming from i mean there's some real like daddy issues or parent issues going on here obviously with ryan also not just hannah and so, and I'm fine. I was fine with that, but that, that middle section just did not belong there. And it wasn't so much that it was badly done, but it just wasn't a part of the story. I was actually really pissed Where? at Ryan in this episode a bit because I felt like he was transferring his daddy issues onto the girl. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah he was. Sure. And it's like, get over it already, dude. And it was just like, and then him lying about the message the doctor wrote to the poor blind girl. And it was just like, oh, it's a map. And it's just like, yeah, you are so stupid. That was, you know? that was something that bothered me, though, for a different reason. Because that wasn't his lie. That was the doctor's lie. The doctor yeah, lies, though. Well, yeah, but... Everyone knows that. But that's, <laughs> that's something that we... And maybe I'm just not remembering it, but that's something that I don't think we've seen from her. Not not from this incarnation of the Doctor, have we? She seems like it, she's been much more genuine, much more um, upfront, and almost like happy-go-lucky. Which maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but the uh, the to to see her deceive this girl in a way that, and I understand why she did it, like what, what the reasoning was, but it's just never addressed again. You, it seems like in, in other incarnations, they either commit to the fact that the doctor is going to lie and you're just, he's just better than you. And so you're supposed to not kind of be surprised by it. Or you have like David Tennant being all apologetic after the fact. And maybe that's like this episode again, where you, it, it's like trying to do two very different things at the same time, and it just ends up not really doing either one of them well. Could be. I, I found that the the writing of the Doctor was very. Um, look, I, I think we've we've talked about how Jodie, as, as during her time so far, has really made uh, great 
work out of some stuff that she's had to like tolerate. Like, like some of the scripts are just really bad and, um, and she's managing to, to make the most of them, if not more than that. I mean, she's, she's done really well. I think in this episode, it kind of, this is like, she, she reaches her limit to a point. Like there's two scenes in particular that as much as she tried, she didn't sell me at all. And one of the scenes is in when she's in the, um, in the, the caverns and she's the anti zone. And she says that, uh, when she figures out what's going on, she's like, I'm really scared. Like I'm terrified. And I'm like, you're telling me that you're terrified, but I don't really believe that you're terrified. Yeah. Um, um, and the other one is at the end, you know, when she's talking to the frog and she's like, I made a friend and I'm like, I'm not buying it. I, it's, I don't know if it's because the, the CG on the frog is some of the worst I've ever seen. I'm like, couldn't they really just call up the Muppets or something like this is bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, what? but she didn't like i didn't feel the love and the excitement and the compassion coming from her in that scene that i think that it that it that it should have that they wanted anyway so and i and i i you know i hate to lay that at jody's feet but i it's probably the writing in combination of which but i it just didn't didn't work for me but they were trying too hard with the frog i mean the frog was a gimmick I mean, it's supposed to tie back to the the frog necklace. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Graham and that, and sure. And I don't mind that, but I'm like, come on, we this day and age, we can make a better frog than this. Like, if it's going to be a frog, oh, make mean, it look good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we didn't even need to be a frog. I mean, it was just that just detracted from the whole scene. Or mm-hmm. you know, they Judy was done really it happy about it that it was a frog. It was really. She was like, oh, a frog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Like, but oh, they could God. have made it like you know, and like they could have used some sort of toy frog and referenced that, and then had that play out so that it like looked a little bit better. If that's what they if they were struggling with the CG on this thing, but they opted try to to try to make it look like a real frog, and it well, well, the mouth wasn't even you know synced to the to the voice. <laughs> no, it really was. Well, and the voice the voice was Grace's. I mean, just have Grace, you know. Yeah. You don't. You don't need it to be a frog. Yeah. Uh, so, surprised uh, it wasn't Grace. I, uh, you know, and I, I like, I, you know, I missed out last week, and I thought Jody was on fire like last episode. I, I the uh, the Witchfinders is one of my favorite episodes of the season. Might be my favorite episode of the season, actually. And I think probably most of that is due to Jody and th- being an active doctor in that one and just owning every scene that she's in. But in this one, I just find that she like it was it was it's difficult, and she doesn't have a lot to work with. I give her that, but oof. And that goes for I mean the other companions as well. They don't have anything to do except once again, Bradley Walsh gets like like the big emotional scene and and takes over the show. And I'm kind of like, you know, I love Bradley Walsh a lot, and he's I've I've been praising him this season because I I enjoy watching him. But it occurred to me uh, over the last couple of episodes that his character shouldn't even be on this show um, because it, it, he just takes away from everybody else. He really does. He, his, like his character takes away from some of the doctor to have moments. Uh, then you end up with Ryan and Yaz does nothing in this episode. Um, it would have been made, it would have made much more sense if you had had Yaz and 
Ryan in this episode, only those two. And then, you know, Yaz could have stayed uh, with the, uh, the girl and Ryan could have had the big emotional scene. Like he, Dawson hasn't had anything to do like that. I mean, like this could have been a big, you know, nice scene for him, but instead, nope, we get Bradley again. No, it's true. And yeah, you felt for Graham, you know, having to see her again, but I want him, I wanted Ryan to have that kind of emotional thing, that kind of scene. He did, had to do something. Yeah, I did a fist pump when he was smart enough to figure out there were speakers outside. But, you know, oh, my God, he actually did something. But, you but know. I, but I was kind of like. And then he got beat up by a blind he, girl. How did he come to the conclusion yeah, exactly. that the father he, put him out there? Like, I, you know, like. <laughs> Well, because the wires were coming from inside the house. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, but then, you know, he got beat up by a blind girl like Kirby just said. <laughs> yes, he did. But, but it, yeah, you know, yes, I think yes. I actually think Hannah's a great character. I actually think she's one of the strongest points of this episode. Oh, I agree. Hannah doesn't take it. You know, she's like, I know you're lying to me. Stop it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. No, she's yeah. pretty good. Right. And it's like, okay. You keep lying to me. Well, whap! I'll hit you over the door and do, you know, do what I want and get what I want because you know it's the only way I'm going to find my father again. You bozos aren't helping. So good for- it seemed like Yaz's only purpose was to uh, make the third doctor reference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Yaz hasn't had anything to do the whole series practically. I mean, even in the episode that was supposed to be about about her family, she she still wasn't the center of the episode. Right. It always seems to skew towards Graham, as we've been talking about all along. I mean, he got he got that same moment with Grace almost in the spider episode when he went yeah. back to the apartment. Yeah, we've already seen this. Like yeah. it's nothing new. I mean, and like like I said, Bradley does a great job. I feel the emotion. I he's he's nailing it, but I'm like, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, this shouldn't be you, man. Like, this should be Ryan. Like, I really felt like it should have been Ryan in this this episode. What did you think of the doctor giving, you know, doing the ultimate sacrifice for everybody else to stay behind while everyone else was saved? I didn't buy it. Yeah, it just didn't seem real because you knew yeah. she was going to get out of it. <laughs> I, I think that my my take was that she knew that she'd find a way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I mean, it wasn't, she didn't sell it, <laughs> frankly. But I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure I can blame Jody for that because she just, the way it was written, it was, it was very obvious. No. I, mean, I, I love parts of this episode. There are parts of this, I, I'm, I'm very up and down on this episode because there, are, you know, I love the character of Hannah. Actually, I love that first part when we're in the forest and how atmospheric it is, and how when they're approaching the house and they don't know what's going on. It's a great beginning, but it boy, it really goes off the rails. It's interesting, and I think I felt like this time I actually felt like Jody was getting angry. You know, in it, I felt you know. You know, other than her being the fluffy doctor we've seen, I think in this one, I actually felt like, you know, she was like, this is not real. Get over it, you know, type thing. And she was trying to do it. And you could feel her frustration with both, you know, with Graham and with Eric. 
at, mm-hmm. at the same time, I was also really confused by the string that the doctor uses for no apparent reason. Like it was, it was supposed to be a tether so they could find their way back. out. Right. But then you know. they find their way back out without the tether, without any real right. trouble. Uh, Wibbly wobbly, tiny whiny. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just, I mean, plus if the, if the tether was going to be that important in the first place, I mean, as soon as she ties it and starts walking away, it, you know, it's, it, it shows you how unstable it is. How it's, you know, wobbling back and forth. Like, I mean, if that, that was another one of those little things that could have been a really like cool or, or interesting or, or even intense idea, but it just kind of fizzled out. I I had the feeling that it was a reference to the mind robber. Really? Yeah, because it, it's uh, they have a, uh, a Theseus uh, segment in the mind robber, don't they? For those who don't know, want to go into a little more detail, Kirby? Uh, I, love, me... I love putting you on the spot like that. <laughs> yeah, putting you on the spot. Uh, hang on. Talk about something else while I find while I find my reference. Okay, <laughs> what did you guys think of you know of course of ribbons? I thought when I saw him at first, I thought he looks very similar to what Tim Shaw looked like, like face like same, same same race almost in some ways. But you know, it was also. But then also. Uh, what well, the first David Tennant episode, the what was it, the Sycorax? Yeah, the Sycorax. I he looked similar to them also, and you know it's like, and of course he carries two knives. Of course, you know all bad guys do. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that whole metal part felt very Doctor's Wife to me, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, except it just had no place. Had no place there, and the guy, the guy who was playing ribbons, was fine. The segment was fine, but it just came out of nowhere. I, I don't understand how ribbons knows how to barter. How he, why there's one, one uh, light. How he made it. It's he, he, he doesn't belong there. And what, what else are the flesh moss eating if he's the only one there? Right. Uh, the rats, the six-legged rats. <laughs> That's true. There are rats. No, that's too. true. There were the rats. Did anyone else have a like? There, I was really confused when Ryan just ran up and recognized that the weird floating ball thing was a lamp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. That whole middle section just did not make sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was the inside. You know, upside down. So basically, you know, he was just looking for the kid. Well, I think, you know, if it had gone somewhere, if it had tied in somehow with the rest of the story, you could have got away with it, but it didn't. And I, found, I did find it interesting, though, when, you know, when Hannah came out on the other side of the mirror and her mother came up to her and says, Hannah, it's me, it's mom. And she was like, no, you're not. She knew right away. Mm-hmm. That was just interesting. You know, did she sense it? Because, you know, she couldn't see her. So what else was she sensing? Yeah, they had some little real quick line about how something about vibrations, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That she she could sense the vibrations or something like that. 
but uh yeah i thought that was that was uh, uh another piece in the you know this is a really interesting character who didn't have nearly enough screen time to flesh that out in hannah i mean yeah I think this was one of those stories where, and this has happened in Doctor Who before, where the writer has so many ideas, and they're not bad, but but um, you know, instead of concentrating on one or two, they just kind of spread too thin, and so none of them get really developed, mm. and so you just have kind of a mess of a story rather than a coherent tale. Yeah, it it kind of. Uh, I mean, I was trying to think of of episodes from recent years that were kind of like this. Um, I mean, just from last season, the the one with the pyramid, uh, uh, that that, uh, that two part episode that felt like it was actually five or six different parts. Yeah, it was just a bunch of random stuff all thrown together. Yeah, it was kind of that. This one kind of reminded me of that. I had the same kind of feeling where. Uh, like you just said, it, it's it, it was it was almost like a uh, like a Family Guy episode or something where there's just a bunch of random things that yeah I mean you can kind of string them together no pun intended but uh, the pun yeah. <laughs> speaking of twine I did I did discover um, yes there is a section in the Mind Robber that's a second Doctor story where uh, the Doctor uh, Jamie and Zoe end up in a uh, in a universe where, or a planet, something where they go into various stories, they meet Gulliver and stuff, and they end up in the Theseus's uh, maze with the Minotaur. And uh, the Doctor just has to pull out a ball of twine to go through the maze. And uh, eventually they run out of the twine because it's so, the maze is so convoluted. But they make a big deal of the, of the twine, and that's. I think that's the same. I think that uh, Chibs is referencing that scene. Well, that I mean, that obviously could be. Although with this particular, the way that they've worked things, it's it's like their references to past Doctor Who moments has so been so few and far between. Like I would, I would definitely think if we were in the RTD or Stephen Moffat era, would be like, oh yeah, that's a reference to that. This season, I, I'm not so sure. <laughs> like usually, the stuff that they've been referencing is kind of like really on the nose. Um, but yeah, here's your Nikita three times now. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and uh, and you know, um, I, I don't know. It could be. I mean, if it, if not, I mean, if, I mean, it is. That's cool. I, I appreciate that. And uh, it didn't bother me as much as like a lot of other stuff in there bothered me. Like I just, once you realize what it is, you're kind of like, how does Eric go back and forth with no problem? Like, like I don't. Yeah, I just, that didn't make sense because he said that he couldn't, and yet he had to have. Well, multiple times, obviously. Well, how did he? How did, but how did he find out about it? Did he find it? When they got to the cabin, did he, you know, somehow did she reach out to him through whatever? Come to the cabin, Eric. You could find your old <laughs> wife. You know, you don't yeah. know. You know, that was that was something that I I was hoping for back when it was still at the beginning of the episode, and I, you still thought it was going to be a horror episode when Graham's like being drawn to the mirror 
Mm-hmm. You're like, well, I mean, may- maybe, may- maybe this is like, uh, uh, like, like the, uh, the, the light, you know, bringing in the moth to get zapped or something. But, but again, then it just fizzles out and, it, and it's like, they move on to some other idea. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, you know, to continue with the moth thing, I mean, they, you know, they have the, the, the flesh eating moths, which are like, it seems like this season when they've tried to do like, oh, we're going to try to make a, you know, a, a harmless object scary for people like that Doctor Who does, you know, like they did with the bubble wrap. It just falls flat. <laughs> yeah, I still I can't think of that without laughing. <laughs> bubble wrap eating moths. That's what's coming up. <laughs> that live in the mud. I, I want to see the... Uh, the flesh moths fight those talking floating rags. <laughs> God, I'm getting a slurpy headache from you guys right now. Sorry. Oh, wow. I mean, here's, I think the idea of a sentient universe that cannot exist for more than a few moments with any other living thing without destroying everything is actually a cool idea. But it just it's it's surrounded by so many other ideas and not developed that that when you're supposed to have the doctor's big moment when she's interacting with it, it just completely falls flat. Yeah, totally. I know that this season is not supposed to have like a a big over right, you know, a big arc, you know, connecting all of the episodes. But that would have been such a cool thing to, if they wanted to do that, if they wanted to have like, you know, maybe, maybe have mirrors be kind of creepy all through every episode here or there, have Graham like slowly being sucked into mirrors here and there. Maybe he sees grace in the, in the, in the mirrors. And, and then, you know, here we find out, oh yes, it's this, it's this sentient universe that's like beckoning and like that could have been. There was, there was potential there, but it, it, they just kind of mm-hmm. spend it all here in this one clumsy go in this one episode. I did love the scene, though, when it was Graham and Ryan upstairs and they saw the mirror for the first time. And they were both like, I don't remember being turned into a vampire. Do you? <laughs> 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 yeah. That was pretty dark. That, that was a good line. Had they been to Venice? <laughs> 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 The vampires of the Ford. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was just like, it was interesting to see. And there were good points. And like you guys said, the first act and the third act were great. Now we just got to edit that second part out, you know, somehow. Just like the rest of the, of the season visually, it was wonderful. Oh, it was stunning. And once again, the scenery, uh, especially when they were in Norway was just awesome. You know, it, I assume that was Wales again. Oh, I'm sure. Did they I go to sure. Did they go to Norway? Yeah, I, don't, lo- I don't think they went. To I don't Norway. think they went to Norway. I'm looking on the notes, and it doesn't say anything about that. But I, but yeah, the the production design, the art design, the scenery, the the costumes, mm-hmm. all of that has been top notch. This series. I mean, I loved the muted colors. The the very sort of soft muted tones, even in, in Hannah, the way Hannah looks and, you know, it's very, it looks like Norway and these, this sort of angular 
uh, look, the, the, the lighting. I mean, it's beautifully done. I mean, I wish there was a better storyline to support that because throughout the whole series, because I just, the production design has blown me away and most of the CGI has been good. The frog, not, notwithstanding the, um, you know, for the most part, you can tell they're spending money on this and they're really trying to make it look beautiful and they've done a great job at it. I really wish the writing was as good as the production design. No, I agree. <laughs> no, I agree. It was very well done. And that's partly what makes the season fun is some of the, you know, cinematography has been amazing this season and they're continuing on that. So we have one more episode to go folks. Yeah. I kind of, you know, stumble right before the finale really. Um, so I'm not as, you know, I'd like to be usually by this time, you know, I'm really excited for a doctor who finale. Um, and I don't know what to expect next week because we, you know, this is a, it's been a long time since we've had a season that didn't build and build and build up to the finale. So, you know, it's just another episode, really. Um, uh, will there, will they pull things from other episodes this season? Maybe, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I barely saw the preview as you guys know, I don't really uh, try to seek all that stuff out. So uh, I don't know what to expect, but I got to tell you, that, you know, as we're going into it, um, I think I mentioned this before, but I think I can safely say now that we've only got one more episode left that, you know, I think since New Who came back, this is my, I think my least favorite season. Like, it's just like, like the writing on it has just been not that good. I love Jodi. Um, and usually she shines in this episode. I didn't think she did, uh, as well. Um, and they've really had a problem with, you know, you guys made a point last week, which I thought, you know, we didn't really say out loud, but I, until last week. So I think, you know, it bears repeating that, that um, I, I do think Bradley Walsh Graham is in the way and, you know, you've got this wonderful diverse cast and you're giving like this, like the, like a lot of lead plot, like a lot of lead scenes to the big, the, the white guy, you know? Yeah, he's hard not to like. No, I agree completely. It seems to undermine everybody else on the show. Sure. And I hate that Bradley's been put in that position because I think he's phenomenal. I think he's... Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I think him and Jody have been the shining lights of the season. Yeah. And but the I difference think, is, is that jo- it's Jody's show, and it shouldn't be Bradley's show. No, exactly. <laughs> There's too many companions. Exactly. Do you think they rectify that the next season? Who knows? Who knows? Did, did, for, people, <laughs> for people who did see the uh, the next time trailer, uh, did it sound like uh, the voice of Tim Shaw? I didn't pay that much attention. Like Mike, I wanted to be surprised. I guarantee it's Tim Shaw. I could almost guarantee it. Well, that's I. I think that the Stens are the only thing that's been referenced in more than one episode, other than the you know, other than the obvious stuff like uh, family members. But well, yeah, the Stens. I think have, I might be right about Stenza that. Stens have been uh, touched on three t- three episodes. Yes, three episodes. 
Um, so yeah, I almost guarantee it that has something to do with it, which I'd be disappointed with because I thought it would be pretty cool. I know that voice and it's Captain Jack Harkness. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's been interesting that I don't, I don't, I don't expect them to tie it together, but I do think it's interesting that, um, you know, in the first episode, there was, um, you know, the fact that this alien race was using Earth as its sort of um, playground in order to do trials and hunts and you know, gaming, that kind of thing. And um, and then we find out later in another episode last week that another race was using Earth to um, imprison some uh, bad aliens. And in this one, we find out that there's a connection that this, this other alternate universe has with um, with earth. And it seems like almost that there's like, like the universe or something has like, is, is aware that the doctor is either different or like, like almost like, Hey, the earth's open season now. Like, I don't want to say it's because the doctor's a woman, but it yeah. just it seems like it seems like the universe is like, hey everybody, the earth is is not off limits anymore. Let's like attack it and let's do all this stuff with it. And um that's uh that's that's a that's a that's problematic if they don't address it, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. They need to wrap it up and who knows where this will go and we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Can I ask, uh, what do you think the chances are that Graham's going to survive the season? A hundred percent. Yeah. We've seen him in the uh, pictures for the New Year's story. Oh, yeah. Well, they, yeah, they said that all through. I mean, look, they could, you know, they could do whatever they want. They could, you know, promotional wise, they could be, it could be faking out. Like if they, if, they, if they can CG the Hulk in, in ads for infinity war, you know, they can do anything with Graham, but. Well, especially now that Ryan called him grandfather. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I'm thinking. Like if, if it weren't for that, uh, that new year's episode, I would, I would put most of my chips on the, on the rather cheesy notion that that Graham's going to die to join Grace uh, in the last episode, especially if Destenza come back, you know, there'd be you know some bookends of having the same villain kill. I would say uh, he was going to die in saving Ryan. Oh yeah, and then give him a fist bump, <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes from the bubble wrap that's right exactly <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps they'll find a way of bringing grace back to life uh, oh and then she can join the team tardis yeah so it's, it's four <laughs> companions yay uh, okay any final thoughts folks before we wrap this one up <laughs> Wow. Once again, you guys are so full of energy there. All right. Let's go ahead and rate this. One out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. All right. Kirby, you get to go first tonight. Uh, Three. I, I, I loved how it looked. It had some interesting ideas in it. Uh, ribbons with, should just didn't make sense. Uh, and the frog was strange. (laughs) I think that makes sense. Okay. Mary. Boy, 
This is one of those episodes I have kind of a love hate relationship with because I really. There's I, a lot of those this season, though. Yeah, there are. I, I I like my Doctor Who to be this kind of surreal, absurdist fairy tale slash horror type of story. I mean, I love those things, but but it has still has to hold together as a whole, and and this just didn't. And and it's it's really too bad. It's very frustrating because I I see a lot of potential here in this writer. Um, there's, there's so many good ideas, but there's too many and <laughs> he should have focused in on some and made that the core of the story because it just is all over the place and becomes a big mess. And that's too bad because there's some really great themes here to explore the father issues and how Ryan is allowing his fear and anger and sadness at his own father's desertion to color his actions and, you know, and how, and the fear of loss and what we need to do to not you know, drown in that and get over it. And, but, but it just went nowhere. And it, it kind of makes me sad that this whole series has kind of gone nowhere. And I just, I hope it picks up next season because I think Jodie Whittaker is a brilliant doctor. So I really, I can't give this episode more than a three, I think. No, I agree. Okay. Anthony. Well, I, I'm not sure if I could really say anything that Mary didn't just say. Part of me wants to give this episode two different ratings because it it feels like two different episodes stitched together poorly. Um, But the, the joint, the joint of them together, it's somewhere between a a two and a three, maybe a three just because it was gorgeous. Like you guys uh, rightly described, but like if it had just been, creepy something in the woods maybe the dad's really evil you know then it could have been a three or it could have been a four maybe if it had been kooky let's talk to the god frog let's uh like oh i mean right at the very beginning when 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 uh the doctor's like tasting the dirt and stuff oh yeah that was great (laughs) i love that yeah like if they had just leaned into that or like one or the other, you know, let it be creepy or let it be kooky, but don't try. It's not going to work if it's both. Mm-hmm. And exactly. Don't you want a little bit of soil guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty darn awesome. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So, so I'd say, yeah, two or two or three, maybe a three. Okay. Mikey. Anthony mentioned what, uh, that it's kind of reminiscent of some of the other episodes of uh, new who my first thought was fear her. And because uh, it has like sort of the similar vibe for me uh, than that does. But it's I mean, it's obviously very different. And uh, yeah, there's some potential here, as Mary points out, in, a, in, a, in the hands of a gifted writer. Like, you know, I mean, to use like one of the best, Douglas Adams could have had a, a wonderful time with this. Uh, it would have it, 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 it has all the elements of a of a, you know, Chronicles of Narnia or Labyrinth type adventure where you're meeting weird characters along the journey and have an emotional outcome at the end. You, it could have been a really like positive thing like that, but there, it just, it, the, 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 the ball is dropped big time all over the place here. And usually this season, I can say that, you know, Jody and the performances by the others have uh, make up for it, but I can't do that. This one, so uh, I'm going to have to give it, I'm going to give it a two, two and a half, uh, uh, because I just, yeah, this is, this is the bottom for me. Wow. Wow. You, you know something. 
Douglas Adams really did have a hand in it because Slarty Bartfast designed that fjord. That's right, he did. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's another reason why I think I thought of him, Kirby. I was just like, oh, man, like, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I could definitely see where, you know, and like I said, in the hands of, you know, a gifted, a more gifted guy, we could have gotten some, you know, it could have been sort of like Time Bandits-esque, you know, with that sort of frantic craziness. But, and I think yeah. they try yeah. that. Ribbons is an example where they're trying for that, but it, it just, yeah, it just doesn't work. Oh, exactly. There just there was something missing from it, and I call it a true second act that was missing. I'm going to give this one a three point five because I did like the first and the third acts, as we've said throughout the show. I enjoyed some of the characters. I think once again, going to say it once more open-ended ending you know yeah it took care of the alternate universe but you had a really crappy father there being left with his blind daughter and it's not going to be a happy ending on that one and the universe is still the solid track still out there yeah so it's not like it's gone like be careful that frog you you might only want to kiss is not a prince it's you know the universe Exactly. It'd pull you through. It's like poof. maybe the maybe the universe just needs Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have been funny. That, that would have been in the episode. Mm-hmm. That could have been really interesting. So yeah. <laughs> so we definitely want to hear from you guys at home. Please write at ESWpodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of our email address, we got another piece of email. That's right, folks. Our friend, our regular writer, actually, Robert McIntyre, wrote us again. Yay. And and Robert actually talked about this episode. He said, hey, guys, a quick email to let you know that I had my doctor moment finally in this week's ninth episode. The scene where the doctor is willing to give everyone up and spend the rest of her life with the Sultrak to not only save her life, her save her friends' lives, the father of the little girl in the universe was for me the point where I actually said, that's the doctor. I know it was just a small part of the story, but for me, where I saw the soul of the doctor shine through. The episode overall is one of the better ones of the season, although, again, the villain was largely forgettable and turned out to be more sad than menacing, even as a frog. Oh, and I have a phobia of moths, so the flesh-eating ones in this episode left me very uncomfortable. Keep up the great work. Your friend, Rob McIntyre. I am jealous, Robert, because I want my doctor moment, and I haven't got it yet. See, I got my doctor moment in the very first episode. So did I. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. When she, you know, when she finally said, I'm the doctor, you know, when Tim Shaw said, who are you? You know, and that that was my doctor moment because that's when, you know, she pronounced herself, I am the doctor. And it was just like, yes, she's here. And, you know, I could definitely understand that because Robert and I have talked about that and he didn't feel it at that point. And I know Mikey hasn't felt it yet either. No, I mean, I thought that was a good scene, but it's kind of like when Matt is Matt's first episode, when he says, you know, the earth is protected and all that kind of stuff. It's a good scene, but I don't, I didn't really feel it till later on. Uh, mm-hmm. for, and, and I'm still waiting for her to have one. And hopefully you'll get it next week. Cause if not, you're going to have a long <laughs> wait. <for that. laughs> 
Oh, but thank you, Robert, for writing. And we definitely want to hear from more of you. Please give us a write or give us a call, 404-963-9057. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Let's thank everybody who is up on the show tonight. Kirby, thank you, my friend. Hey, it's always fun to be on. Anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah, you can find me over on the 20, meg- 20 megabyte Doctor Who podcast, where uh, once the um, this current uh, season ends, where we're talking about these like you guys are, we are going back into our journey through watching and talking about every single Doctor Who story. Uh, wow, we, with a bang. <laughs> we are right in the middle of Tom Baker, and we'll be doing Invasion of Time. Oh, great story, too. That is an awesome one. Well, that's very cool. And it's a great podcast, folks. If you get a chance to listen to it, please, please do. It's always fun because, you know, you get takes from different parts of the world. So it's pretty neat. Yep. And also Kirby can be found on the Earth Station One podcast with the ESO Book Club. So check it out. Definitely. He's a regular up there. Anthony, thank you so, so much for being here. You made it through your first episode. Ooh, yeah, with uh, no moths crawling out of my skull or anything. <laughs> no, this Yet. is fun. I'm- Yet. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. I'll just have to run and uh, then turn. No, no, don't, don't run. <laughs> no, don't well, run. Yeah. Well, okay, fair that'll enough. Check, no, no, that'll it's- check the others. This this was uh, this was a lot of fun. I liked uh, talking about this with you guys. It was a lot of fun. Do you want to do a quick promote? Yeah, yeah. So you can uh, you can find more uh, of, of the the story geek stuff at thestorygeeks.org. Actually, I think I said .com earlier, and I'm sure Jay died a little inside. Um, actually, I think it all goes to the same place. But thestorygeeks.org. Jay doesn't watch Doctor Who, so he won't listen to this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh or the the story cauldron.com is still up we're, we're kind of in the process of maybe transitioning some stuff but uh but i can say i could i mean i don't if not here i don't know where i would ever say this but um actually do you know the uh have you seen those doctor who and philosophy books or more doctor who and philosophy yeah so i went at the bookstore yeah more doctor i actually have a chapter in in uh the the second one so yeah you can see what i had to say in that book about uh amy pond and friedrich nietzsche which was a fun thing to write oh, okay well that's interesting yeah. yeah but maybe that's uh, a conversation for another time <laughs> i think we might need to have you up on the podcast again after the season's over i think uh, i might be up for that very awesome and let's thank our regulars for being here mr mike always great to have you my friend and as always it's my pleasure Anything you want to shout out about? Uh, well, you know, of course, we're doing our, our weekly nonsense over on the Earth Station. Who, on the Earth Station, I almost said it. Almost said it. <laughs> How many years has it where, been? Where am I again? Yeah, <laughs> it's so confusing. Um, and uh, also, I do want to give a shout out, too, because we're recording our last one tomorrow, at least last one for now. But I've been recording a series of um, episodes with uh, Ashley Pauls. Uh, speaking of story geeks. As well as okay. our station one. And uh, she's, uh, of course, been watching a lot of movies uh, that she's never got a chance to, but people have been telling her that she should watch. Uh, it's called the, called the Better Late Than Never series. 
And uh, we are about to record an episode uh, inspired by you, Mike, uh, with uh, The Big Lebowski. And uh, that'll be available only to our Patreon listeners. So if you go to ESONetwork.com and subscribe, uh, you can hear all the uh, the fun stuff that we're going to mention, talk about with the dude. Like whatever, man. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That is very cool. I'm looking forward to hearing what Ashley has to say about it. I did read her review up on the Earth Station One uh, website on the blog up there. So very cool. You know, definitely you check out her writings almost every week. She posts something up on esonetwork.com. And she also posts as a regular blogger up on the Story Geeks. So you can definitely check that out also. And Mary, last but not least. Oh, thank you so much for letting me be here and talk about this. Um... Mary? Even even mediocre Doctor Who is still better than 95% of what everything else on TV is. Oh, very much so. Anything you want to shout out about or promote? You can find my artwork on MaryOgle.com and you can find me on Etsy at eVisionArts. Fantastic. Of course, you know, we will be back again next week and we are going to be done with this season. That's right. Episode 10 is here. It just felt like we started talking about the season, but we are wrapping it up, folks. And it's going to be called The Battle of Razkur of Kaloso. And Chris Chibnall's back. <laughs> exactly. So, yay, Chris. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, let's just, let's just take it at that. We will see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. Have a great holiday season. Hope everyone is doing well. If you're selling Hanukkah, if you're celebrating Christmas, you know, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, or just being with your family, just enjoy yourselves. We will see you here on Earth Station Who next time. Peace. And we're done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Do you enjoy TV shows, movies, video games, comics, or novels? Do you enjoy listening to people discuss geeky topics without getting bent out of shape when they disagree? If you do, then the 42 Cast is right for you. We're a podcast with a rotating cast of guests that discusses a new topic every week. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, or 42cast.com. You can also support us and the entire ESO Network by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network. That's the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.